Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest, named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stepmom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Yes, and welcome to another edition of Happy Hour. And today we're going to jump into our episode by celebrating one of the most well-known female bartenders, Ada Coleman, who, by the way, was one of only two women to have held the position as head bartender at the Savoy in London. And as in fact, in a couple of articles, they say she's the only female bartender. But again, there's been some like, maybe, maybe not. But it was said, as in legends, I guess, that she would not share her recipes with anyone else, especially the other female bartenders. So there may have been some competitiveness in this. But yes, and to celebrate her, we are drinking the Hanky Panky. Which is a drink I've never heard of. And as always with these episodes, drink responsibly if you choose to do so. But that's a pretty solid name. It is. It's a very good name. And just to give you the recipe of what it is, it is one half ounce of gin, one half ounce of sweet vermouth, two dashes of Fernet Branca. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I think so. Okay. And then you garnish with an orange twist, which actually I did. I've got my pretty glass. Annie, you see it? Yeah. And I garnished it with my orange uh, twist. Thank you very much. I I was trying to be uh, very fancy. Of course, uh, it says add all the ingredients into a mixing glass with ice and stir. I did that with a shaker. And so I didn't stir. (laughs) You strain into a chilled cocktail glass. My glass was not chilled. Mine either. (laughs) And then garnish with an orange twist. Sit back. And this is from the actual article writing about doing this specific drink. It says, sit back and enjoy in the knowledge that you're a teeny tiny bit 
smashing the patriarchy. Ada would be proud. <laughs> um, yeah, so Annie, I dropped off some of the uh, assets for this. How's mm-hmm. it going for you? Going well. Um, as I said, before we started recording, I love that you gave me a decent amount of Fernet Branca when there's only a dash that's called for. <laughs> two. Two dashes. <laughs> oh, two dashes. Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> that makes all the difference. All the difference. <laughs> and I love that you dropped off an orange because you rightly assumed I did not have one, which I did yes. not. But I feel like the orange twist really makes it. That's usually, to be honest, I'm the type of person that really cuts corners in, in cooking and in making drinks. So it's like, you know, the slightly nicer thing that you can skip, I usually skip it. Right. So this is, I feel like this is a very elevated drink for me. I did top mine off with um, sparkling water. I tried it before without it, but it's so hot in my closet because it's kind of a, it's a sweet drink that sort of coats your mouth that I thought the sparkling water and the heat would improve it (laughs) in this situation. (laughs) It is definitely not something I would typically drink, but I do like it. Yeah, so I cheated and made it last night because I was Mm. like, huh, I have plenty of this. Let me try this and see what I think. And yeah, this is definitely not up my alley. This is very licorice-y, which Mm -hmm. is vermouth as well as Fernet Branca. Apparently has that kind of uh, sweetness to it. And I'm not the biggest fan of licorice. So anything like this, Campari, all of that is kind of like, I'm good. And usually we'll avoid it. So I did cheat a little bit as well knowing that we were drinking this today and added a squeeze of the orange Mm -hmm. from which I got the zest from to add to it because I was like, I need a little more acidity, a little fruitiness. And of course, I love gin, but it's just straight liquor. So I'm like, (laughs) even though this is for happy hour and it is afternoon, it's still early (laughs) in the afternoon and we have more to record today. So (laughs) (laughs) don't give too much away. Um, Let's just be real honest in how we do these episodes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I had to uh, kind of space it out. I'm spacing it out as I'm drinking it. I also, instead of having a chilled glass. I have Mm -hmm. an ice cube and I'm like, yeah, I think I need to water it down just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's strong for sure. And I'm always kind of intrigued by um, the ups and downs of people's preferences in alcohol and and drinks. So like the 80s is one of my favorite examples where everything was bright and super sugary and coming from the shelf. And then the 90s was like, what were we thinking in the 80s and trying to correct that. So I, I would love to learn more about when she was creating this in London, what was the preference in the cocktail scene like? Right. I'm absolutely certain that they were, yeah, darker drinks. And for bars, most of the times it was like whiskey for men, obviously. Mm. Um, Maybe some wine, maybe some ale. And women were probably drinking the small cups of things, the sweeter mulled wines type of thing, I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so let's talk about Ada just a little bit. Yes. So Ada was born in 1875 and began her career in bartending and mixology after her father's death when her father's boss, Rupert Dooley Cart, offered her a job first in a flower shop, then in the bar at the Claridge Hotel. As she began her career, there were women in the industry that were few and far between, according to American statistics at the time, but still, they were still there. However, they were not considered bartenders, but actually barmaids, and many were hoping to push women out as it was seen as, quote, bad for them and for society physically and morally. That's going back to that hole where women used to not be allowed in, uh, like, coffee houses because there was swearing going on in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, yeah, just you go to a place like medieval times and it's the, the bar wench 
Yeah, I have a lot of experience at medieval times. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw your co-host already went to Ren Fair. She was ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, people really went all in for Ren Fair. It just opened in Atlanta, you guys, near Atlanta. People were into it. <laughs> oh, they were so ready. Masks mm-hmm. on, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, Ada was great at her job. And she learned really quickly, starting with a Manhattan and moving on to being the head bartender at the Savoy, a bar categorized as an American-style bar. There, she was lovingly known as Coley and was a favorite at the bar. And there, she created her signature drink, the Hanky Panky. And the story goes that a comedic actor came in who, by the way, knew his cocktails so she would uh, learn at home and bring it back to him to try. So apparently, he was the fancy one that she would always test her drinks out on. Mm. Um, And he came one day tired and needed something with what he said, a punch. And after she served him her fancy cocktail, he exclaimed... Annie, I'm going to let you do this because I feel like you have a better accent than I do on this. Okay, I'm ready. Ready? By Jove, this is the real hanky-panky. Lovely. Thank you for that. Thank you. And according to the English, <laughs> this was not a sexual term, which in the U.S. it is. You know, yeah. they're, they're getting their hanky-panky, whatever. But actually meaning witchcraft. So he was Ooh. like, you're brewing some uh, here potions, I guess. Yes. And, and that's That's my best interpretation of an English guy, I guess. <laughs> We're doing so well. We're doing well with the with accents <laughs> and the interpretations. <laughs> Ada continued on until 1926 when she retired or maybe was forced out. Yeah, so apparently, according to uh, some of the conversations, a male bartender came in and was not happy that he was working with women, including the other woman that we talked about. She was pushed out as well. And according to some of the uh, accounts, Ada was pushed into going back to the flower shop in which she Ah. finally just retired. And when he came in, he created actually what is now one of the more famous Savoy cocktail books. And the only recipe that Ada created that made it into that book was the Hanky Panky, which is Mm. why we know of it still today. Right. Just a note here, probably don't, Probably everyone knows this, but a lot of cocktail histories I've learned from the other show I do, Savor, there's a lot of myth and like legend around them and three people that fight over who invented it. And then really, it was probably around for a long time. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, just put that out there. Ada passed away in 1996 at the age of 91 and continues to be spoken of and remembered through her beverages. And yeah, just by making history. Right, Annie. Did you ever want to be a mixologist or a bartender at any point? I did. And um, my good friend Marissa, who's been on this show um, as a traveling nurse, she took bartending classes. And I was so jealous of her because she had like a like this little case she would open up and add all these tools and drinks. Yes. um, She would make us all, to me, very fancy concoctions and when we would go out and she'd be like, you should order this drink because I think you'll like this. And I was like so impressed. (laughs) So you haven't taken any classes either, I guess. I haven't taken any classes other than like a one shot on how to make... When I was in Spain, I went to like a sangria making class. I did get my license to serve alcohol and I had hoped that from there... That's where I wanted to move up to was making drinks. But as I've said before on that show, on the show, I uh, I didn't technically lose that job, but it, I guess we kind of ghosted each other, and I was only <laughs> there for two weeks. <laughs> you never got paid for that one, did you? 
Nope. <laughs> but also, well, yeah, I was only there for two weeks. <laughs> I was going to say, that does go into the next question. Have you ever been a server? I have, yeah. For two weeks. And then um, <laughs> I I will say it was a lot of work. And at the place I was, I was doing like the hostess job, the serving job, and I would like go back and get... So, so it was a lot. And also the calculation for how you could tell people how long tables were really made me panic. So I'm, I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure I told people ridiculous times, way longer than it actually was. Right. And then I worked in a like cafeteria situation for uh, a couple months, but that's it, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I've obviously told the story. I think many of y'all know that I was a beer tender as they like to call it. We were trying to figure out the best name uh, because obviously we didn't make cocktails, but being from a specific brewery, I could tell you the ins and outs of all of our beers, types of hops, types of like grains, all of these things, the brewing process, uh, all of those uh, levels. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty, really pretty good at telling you what you will like. All you have to do is give me a description of yeah. what your favorite beers are or what your favorite drinks are. Mm-hmm. And I would go through and I'd be like, okay, this is for you. I have several of my friends who have helped onto better beer choosing. Uh, I'm very proud of that. And they now understand, oh, these are the quality beers. Okay, got it. So that's one of my favorite things to do is help recommend the best things. Mm-hmm. I will say, since you and I have been on our little uh, adventures, our Star Wars adventures, I have <laughs> definitely become more experimental but yeah. it's always like you always get the basic cocktail and then I flourish it with whatever yes. else I want to add, whether it's like, I'm going to add this herb into this. Or I'm going to add this berry. We're going to muddle it like this and do this. Mm-hmm. So that's been really fun to do. So I'm like, okay, yes. okay. And while you're the queen of creating the names, I am <sighs> the one who makes the cocktail. So I feel like we're a good team on but that. But you're great. So. At, you're also good at like coming up with the story. Yeah, like I give you a story. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, here's what we need. <laughs> Good collaboration. Yes. yes. It's great. And, you know, uh, our friend Holly over at Criminalia, as who mm-hmm. does all of the cocktails and creates cocktails for them, as well as stuff you missed in history class, she did take a class in mixology, and she did a whole thing. And uh, when we went to her home for her birthday, she was killing it with all of these cocktails. They were so good. I was like, yeah. It was awesome. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, that's what I I would like to eventually... I don't know if I would just... I I don't want to serve anymore. I'm done. It's It's tiring. There's so much. And I I give all of my props and we should be tipping more than 20%. They should be getting living wages on top of their tips. I still will tip wherever I go, even if it is Europe. I remember Mm -hmm. getting weird looks. I was like, no, no. Believe me, you still deserve this money. <laughs> They're like, weird American, okay. But like, I think it's really, uh, it's a hard job. And then the creativity that goes behind in creating what's something new. Yeah. Because there's already so much out there. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And speaking of creating, <laughs> what would you want to be your signature cocktail? How would you like to leave out with if you had one cocktail for everybody to remember you by? Oh, uh, you know, funnily, I have a group of friends. They made all these pun name drinks for me based on like, when you die, we're going to drink all these drinks. <laughs> Sounds really morbid, but it was very sweet. I was very touched mm-hmm. by it. I think I would want something very like, I think Jen would be involved because that's my favorite. And I think it would be the color changing Jen. It would be very Star Wars themed. And maybe some basil or basil. Uh, 
Perfect. And then we'd have to have some kind of citrus, but I wouldn't want it to be, I would want it to be more interesting, like maybe the grapefruit thing or not yeah. not lime, something a bit more interesting because that's what changes the color of the color changing. Gin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Your, uh, your gin basil grapefruit drink, which I love. Uh, the last time you made it because we had so much grapefruit juice, it was yes. killer. That was so good. It was mm-hmm. so good. And then we had the fresh basil. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, you know, I think I'm on the, definitely along the same lines. I'm definitely a gin drinker, if if anything. Uh, I remember when I first ordered gin, uh, it was like, like 22, not 22, 24. I didn't start drinking until later. And I got gin and tonics and people were like, how old are you? Are you an old man? And I was like, yes. Yes, I am. Don't start with me. But I do love that. I think I would love our little Tatooine Sunset drink. I think that might be my new... Like, if I could have a signature, that would be my signature, which we've talked about before. Because I love everything. There's herb, there's acid, there's berries, and it's pinkish purple. And then you have Mm -hmm. little floating blackberries in there. I just love that. And champagne. Who doesn't love champagne? Yeah, that's a a solid choice. I mean, champagne, if I could get that involved in my gin drink, that would... That'd be tops. And yeah. I made that for a friend of mine for May the 4th. And she asked me, like, I want to know Samantha's process and the story behind it. Tell her I'll make it for her. I got you. Yes. One day yes. we'll just have a giant party. Uh, I probably could drink two drinks and just sit down. So yeah. <laughs> it would have to be very well, slow rolling. It cracks me up because you've said to me multiple times that champagne or sparkling wine makes you tired. And that's kind of what you start with. Mm. <laughs> I do. And I'm like, mm. well, last time we started with the bloody rancor. Because yeah. I was like, uh, that's the drink that I want after I've had a little too much drink the night before. If I'm drinking at all, that's going to be yeah. what I drink. So, yeah. Uh, sometimes it's fun. Always drink responsibly. And let us know what your signature cocktails would be. We would love to hear it. Share recipes with us. If you have something that you have created and want us to feature, please let us know. We'll give you a huge shout out as well as a tag because we love creating and people creating things for us. Yes. Yes. And you can send any of those suggestions, ideas, creations to our email, which is stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at stephonevertoldyou or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times, every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. 
not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect.